Siri, play WNYC's Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman, and this week, Google unveiled a slew of new hardware products it designed, including its own phone, the Pixel. But what really stood out from the announcement is what can be described as a growing fight for who's going to be your own personal digital assistant. Okay, Google, show me pictures of beef stew. Pictures of beef stew. Siri, what's my day look like? Another busy day today. Kiss that rain. Alexa, tell me another joke. I wondered why the baseball was getting bigger, and then it hit me. All the major tech companies are making a big bet on artificial intelligence and hopefully some better jokes while they're at it. Apple has Siri, Amazon has Echo, Windows has Cortana, and whoever the female voice is behind Google Assistant, well, all of them are looking to get into your home, chat with you on your phone, help you out with just about everything. Hey Siri, who's going to win the presidential election? Here's what I found on the web for who is going to win the presidential election. Okay, well, maybe not everything. Look, I just work here. So companies like Google and Amazon are looking to become more than just search engines and online shopping sites. And that means that the way that they make money off of you, off of all of us, is likely to change too. With me are two technology reporters, Mike Isaac with The New York Times and Haley Sukuyama with The Washington Post. And Haley, why are the major tech companies so focused on this personal digital assistant? We've certainly seen the smartphone evolve over the past few years. It's become a little bit more of a commodity, and, you know, the way that we search and the way that we behave on our phones is changing. And so they're looking for a way to kind of get into every part of our lives so that they, you know, they have kind of full coverage. Mike, is this the kind of thing that if I need to book a flight next week to go somewhere, it can just figure out what airlines I like, my mileage, I like sitting on an aisle? Um, Is it able to theoretically really dig into my life like that? I think the way that I like to think about it is what search is going to look like in the future, right? So today you might type in, you know, I want to go to Florida on a flight on American Airlines uh, on this day. And uh, Google might serve you up a flight or, you know, you might use one of these other travel sites. So imagine saying that out loud in your living room without actually having to go to a search bar somewhere. It's just sort of like a different way to think about how we search for things in the real world. And uh, whether it's Alexa or Siri or or Google's Assistant, they can just serve you up uh, what it might think is the best flight for you. So we've been living in a world, though, where you go online and you, you put in all that information and you do a search and you go to Orbitz or American Airlines or Delta or whatever. If you're not doing that, if you're just throwing a question out in the air, what does that mean for a company like Google, which makes money on people doing searches? The big bet here, not just for Google, but really for every tech company is, you know, if we're not sitting down in front of a desktop computer or even someday if we're not typing into our smartphone, what is the interface going to look like for us? And I think the the sort of uh, gamble is, you know, maybe that's just us in our living rooms talking out loud to some, you know, omniscient orb or some... Uh, a uh, little uh, device that's sitting there and not really sort of sitting down in front of a monitor to do that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but uh, it seems like all the tech companies are in line and sort of betting that that's how we want to search in the future. Haley, do you think that's why Google this week, I mean, it's not just the phone, the Pixel that they uh, launched, but they also came out with a bunch of other actual hardware devices, something they haven't really quite done before. What, what's motivating that? They have built this incredibly uh, sophisticated assistant, and they want to make sure that the 
hardware that, that runs it is capable of doing that and is capable of processing, you know, kind of all of that. So they're sort of taking a page out of the, the Apple playbook and saying, okay, we're going to design the software and the hardware from the ground up and make sure that these really work very well together so that people don't, um, you know, kind of say, oh, that assistant didn't really work, so I'm going to move on to something else. Mike, Google has been so dominant for so long that I think that we forget there was a time when it didn't exist. Uh, you can go back to the 90s and the dominant player was Microsoft. Is this move by Google and this focus on artificial intelligence, in a way, they're worried about the future? They want to keep that dominance? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And the idea is not to focus on what's happening right now, just because, you know, Google owns search right now. But what is that going to look like 10 years from now when we might be interacting with devices we never would have thought of? The move for these tech companies is just how do we future-proof ourselves against being potentially disrupted by something we have no idea about? And the thing is, they have tons of money to really spend on things, and even if they don't work, they can just keep trying and protect themselves from the future in other ways. Haley, I'm wondering, how are they going to make money? It feels like right now they just put an ad up, and you know we know what an ad is, but to make money on this, are they going to have to dig even more into our lives and more know more about us to find a way to monetize us, basically? Business models are a little bit difficult to predict uh, right off the bat, but I think we're probably going to see a lot more partnerships um, come into play. So, you know, somebody will pay to be the app that you use for um, making dinner reservations or for making flight reservations. And, yeah, I think uh, user preferences are going to have to come into that a lot because you want it to be as easy as possible, right? You don't ever want someone to talk to the assistant and then say, you know what, it's just easier for me to go back to my computer. Hearing that makes me wonder, though, about privacy concerns, let alone the whole creepy factor of the company knowing so much about my life. It's creepy already. We've been worried a little bit about, you know, especially with Google, all these services kind of putting their data into one bucket, one big bucket that knows everything about you. And that bucket is definitely going to be this voice assistant if it works, you know, the way that they want it to. Um, And then also, of course, there's the fact that these things are are listening to you talk uh, all the time. They're listening 24 hours, right? Yeah, always on. But they're not necessarily recording, are they? No, they're always listening for the trigger word, hey, Siri, or okay, Google, or whatever. But, you know, do we really want these kind of listening devices in our homes all the time? Mike, do you think somebody is winning this race right now? It was really funny. When Amazon introduced Alexa, I sort of scoffed. It seemed like it was pretty much a vanity item in tech, and everyone I know is really shocked at how much they actually use it in their house, whether it's for cooking or Uh, booking an Uber to come outside your house and scheduling that or listening to music. I think Amazon is further ahead than anyone really would have anticipated. And it's sort of shocking because Apple, by all means, should have had the leg up here because they had introduced Siri, you know, a few years ago. But I think both Apple and Google, potentially other companies, Microsoft with Cortana, are really struggling to catch up to where Amazon has this lead right now. Hey, Siri, what do you think of Alexa? I don't want to argue. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Mike Isaac is a technology reporter with The New York Times, and Haley Sukiyama is a tech reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you guys both. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. 